built a cathedral to a local pastime. What are you trying to resurrect here anyway? People need to believe that we can be better. You're a washed up quarterback who couldn't play in college. I'm the lawnmower salesman. It is not enough for me. Brothers sparring. Tale as old as time. People only love the good guys as much as they hate the bad. Wrestlers. It's who we are. Well, since we're on heels, we can talk about heels. What? What? So, there's a new show called Heels. Heels on Stars. On Stars. Yeah. And it's about pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yeah. Stephen Amell is uh, going back. He's a huge uh, wrestling fan. Uh, really good friends with uh, Cody Rhodes. He did his uh, SummerSlam SummerSlam match that time, right when when Green Arrow was at. Uh, at its peak, yeah. Then he did he wrestle against Stardust. Wait, or? now, now who is Stephen Amell? Stephen Amell is the actor who pl- was played the Green Arrow, and now he's like the star oh, of the show. I, did, I didn't realize that he was the Green Arrow on the yeah. CW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was him. The creator of the or the the main anchor of the of CW he, sort of DC universe. Yeah, exactly. He was their uh, he was their Batman. But he is the main character in this, and you know, being a huge wrestling fan because obviously he was, you know, being friends with Cody and actually having a few matches. He has some matches under his belt. Uh, it was a natural transition for him to pull this together, uh, and perfect timing that uh, episode three is coming up, and it has CM Punk in there as a heel pro, pro wrestler named Ricky Rabies. Okay, Ricky yeah. Rabies. Ricky Rabies, but. So far, uh, it's a good show. It's solid. You know, there's, it's a, as far as like, from, you know, from, from someone that's in the business, when they talk about the business, it's a little bit too on the nose for me. Like they're making a lot of assumptions of what the audience knows or they're not caring and they're just blowing by and just like, we're just going to talk shop and the rest of the viewers are going to have to catch up. And if you know about it, then... It feels like some of the stuff when they're talking about the industry is a little bit too on the nose for me. It's very on the nose. And I think I only saw the first episode. I haven't seen the second one. Um, And let me just tell you, coming in to watch it, I aggressively did not want to like it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was already pretty much set as I'm going to hate this and I'm ready to hate it. Okay, And yes, it's right on the nose. Some of the some of the dialogue and the descriptions and the explanations of things just are very just in your face. Yeah. Oh, you see, because you got to keep, you got to maintain kayfabe always, and they're yeah. talking about it at the barbecue. The women, so some of that just feels cringy, and you're just like, oh, oh god, it's just. It is very cringy because yeah. I, I can honestly tell you that kayfabe died in the early '90s, and yeah. nobody really, when they talk about it now, it's kind of talked about, you know, almost like in historical context or for comical relief, or you know, but it's not never. It used to be. You know, if you walk into a room and there's a situation where, you know, a heel is going to be with a face, you know, it was carny talk for kayfabe, meaning getting get into character. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to maintain characters right now because there's somebody that's outside the business that's around. Yeah. 
it's never spoken about how it's spoken in the show. And here's the thing. You have to – the reason they would have to maintain kayfay if they get seen in public because you're traveling. You're going place to place, right? Mm-hmm. So these people are seeing these people that don't know you. It's kind of weird. They live in this town. Everybody knows them. They went to high school with them. And, right. and, and you know, you, you see what I'm saying? Everybody knows the background of these guys. And then, you know, the trying to maintain kayfabe just seems forced. Yeah, and it's hard. And one thing they did get right is, you know – the lack of respect for the industry sometimes for some people outside of it. when his boss was talking and, you know, he had a black guy and he's like, I thought that stuff was fake. You know, it was just like, (laughs) you you always had that lack of respect, you know, from a lot of people. Yeah. So they nailed that. Yeah. That was, that was accurate. But again, I don't, it's, it's okay. It's not, it's not bad. I wouldn't say that this is a true, you know, day in the life glance. It's just a very specific you know, fictional world. It feels fictional. Yeah. It feels very fictional. Yeah. I mean, it. it's, they nailed it as far as like, you know, like the brother Ace Spade, you know, played by Alexander Ludwig. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's there. He was like their number one star, but he lives at home with his mom. Yeah. That's accurate. <laughs> that's totally accurate. You know, uh, he's Ace Spade. His brother's Jack Spade. You know, that's Stephen Amell. Uh, he has a job as a lawnmower salesman. Also accurate. That's yeah. very accurate. And, you know, it's just like everybody know. And they even brought it up. They're like, nobody nobody makes a living, you know, at pro wrestling anymore, you know, at that level. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, they did some research. And, you know, they definitely did. Their, and they're hitting some of it. But it just, again, to me, and I don't know if it's just because I understand the business, being in the business for as long as I was, it just feels very on the nose. And it just, but I'm still enjoying it because, to be honest, the wrestling is just a backdrop. This is more of the story of this family. Yes. Right? You have Jack Spade, Ace Spade. The dad was, you know, King Spade. Yeah. Right? So this is all about, in this small town, they have this wrestling, you know, organization, which, man, I've wrestled for a couple of them, you know, a couple of organizations that were just like this. Yeah. Well, you know, props props to them for doing it. Obviously, we love to see pro wrestling content made. It's, yeah. I want to see more movies about it and I want to see more shows about it. Um, this one definitely is geared towards a wide audience. Right. It's not for super smart marks. Um, no, no, it is. No. It is for the general audience and it gives you just enough wrestling to build a dramatic story around. Right. You know, and then, um, yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think, the big fans will be in it for the cameos. Though I saw a cameo in in episode one. Was it Carl uh, Anderson was in there? Oh in yeah, the locker room. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they had some good cameos in there. Uh, but again, this this is to wrestling what Animal Kingdom is to surfing, right? There's not that much surfing in Animal Kingdom. It's more about the uh, the family. Yeah. Right. So this is what I think this show is going to be more about. The family and the peripherals in it, yeah. and not necessarily all about what's going on in the ring. Yeah, there, you know, and they there's some of it's on the you know nail it. It's there as far as like there's their rival organization, which that is on the nailed on the head because these it doesn't matter if these guys are not even pulling numbers. You know, for some reason, when 
a lot of these promoters put on their promoter hat all of a sudden you know they're they're all Vince McMahon and they start like, well, you can't work for this guy if you're going to work for me. And you're just like, really? You're paying me 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, you're paying me 25 bucks. I need to apply my trade. I'm just like, you're going to be exclusive to me. Yeah. You know, and that a lot of that times I was just like, I've dealt with that bullshit. And yeah. that's, and that's accurate. They got somebody that's out of a Florida organization. That's kind of like doing some garbage wrestling with like, you know, Bob Wire and, you know, the exploding light bulbs, all the stuff we covered here. That and crazy and, death match. Yeah, the death Wrestling match, yeah. they do in the city. Yeah, so they have somebody that's trying to kind of put them out of business. Yeah. Uh, it's cool, the uh, the dome that they call it is just basically looks like a barn. Yeah. Uh, it very much feels like it's modeled after the Sportatorium. Sure. It, it definitely has that feel. So that, and towards the end, that's all the Sportatorium did was run these wrestling shows. So it was just like, that they nailed that again they got a lot of the stuff right and it's it's an enjoyable but you know just be warned it's on stars even if it was great stars may cancel it yeah and and that always makes me nervous i mean stars had ash versus evil dead which is awesome that we got three seasons mm-hmm. you know and american gods got three seasons both great shows so if they're a great show and you only get three seasons if you're a good show how many seasons are you gonna get i don't know stars doesn't have very many long-running shows as far as i can tell yeah i think the only one is like power which has quite a few seasons and spinoffs yeah and with these streaming services you don't know what their ratings and what they base on yeah. how they're gonna keep it or you know or not keep it but yeah if you're a fan of Stephen amell i mean he's he, he was an incredible athlete yeah he really is a lot of his stuff that he did in the ring with Cody, you know, back in his WWE. Has he done anything with AEW yet? He, I feel like he did in the beginning. Who, Stephen Mill? A Stephen Mill, yeah. Oh, no, I don't know about that. What, what would he have done? He did a match? He did a match at SummerSlam, of but I just don't know. Like, I feel like he was more in with Cody than he was in pro wrestling. Mm. So he did some... Oh, yeah, he was. He did His WWE stuff was in 2015, but then he did Ring of Honor stuff in 2017. Oh, wow. And then he was at All In in 2018. And then he did stuff with AEW uh, during the pandemic. Man, what did he do it all in? Was he in one of the Battle Royals? Yeah, he says, uh, on February 29th, Amel made an appearance at All Elite Wrestling's Revolution. He accompanied Cody Rhodes along with the Nightmare family for oh, his okay. match. Okay. And you know, he, Cody loves his entourage. Yeah, that's when he was getting into big entourages. Oh, yeah. And he was his first, his, uh, he had a match at All In in 2018. He said it was announced that Amel would be competing at All In in his first ever singles match where he defeated Christopher Daniels. Wow. And that was in 2018. How did I miss that? I don't feel like I got any wind of that. Yeah. No, this was, I mean, back in 2018, but it's, I mean, I feel like he was more known for uh, his SummerSlam moment because he really, he had his uh, steal the show like a celebrity that was like super athletic new and stuff. And he won a slam. He is a slammy award winning wrestler he well now you've got to tune into the show right he's you know he was awarding a slammy in 2015 for the celebrity moment of the year for his dive onto stardust during the match yeah that's great yeah so again he's super you can tell he's a fan i mean he's always known for like if you do an interview he would be wearing a a bullet club shirt or Uh an all elite so he's a fan so if for anything you have like a super fan that's like super athletic that loves the business that's making a show about wrestling that makes it worth looking yeah. into. And I'm look, I mean, I like, again, I like the show. There's some stuff that 
I was just like, I didn't like, I wanted to be blown away and I just liked it. But I'll continue to watch it because there's always, you know, a lot of shows, sometimes it takes them a full season to find their footing. Yeah. So it, it could happen. So maybe this episode with CM Punk coming up, maybe that's going to, you know, shake things loose. But I, I don't know. I don't what do we? How many episodes is it? Do we? Uh, it's six episodes. I okay, mean, it's so it's not, pretty short. Yeah, it's not a huge commitment here. Yeah, I listen to these titles though. These are pretty. So the first title is Cafe. Then you have Dusty Finish, Cheap Heat, Cutting Promos, Swerve, and then House Show. Yeah. yeah so I mean, again, it's it's very on the nose. Except yeah. the Dusty Finish, I feel like that's a little bit of a deep cut because it's never mentioned in the show about any wrestlers in real life. Yeah. They don't talk about any real wrestlers. These are all fictional wrestlers. Right. Uh, so dusty finish, you know, what's a dusty finish. You don't know what a dusty finish is. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. going to read the official of what a dusty finish is because okay. all you ever hear. Let's see. So the, the dusty finish is a nickname given to a specific ending. where one wrestler appears to have scored a win only to have the decision reversed, often on some small technicality. Mm. Although Eddie Graham out of Florida is usually credited with inventing the finish, it's named after Dusty because Rhodes was famous for invoking the finish in his own matches when he was a wrestler. So I'm trying to think of the latest... Daniel Bryan had a huge dusty finish when he won the, t- although he actually did win the title and then uh, Randy Orton cashed in that SummerSlam. I feel like that was the biggest dusty finish that we've seen in a while. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it makes it look like they're going to win. They did it to Lex Luger a lot. Uh huh. Like Lex. No, I can, I mean, I can recall seeing it several times now that I didn't know that that was the official name. Yeah. So I'm trying but to figure out like in the show context, why it was do that. Cause it, you know, he basically, that was episode two. Yeah. But in the at first episode, his, and one thing they got right too, was just like, they have a scout and they ref, just refer to it as New York, you know, which when you're in the business, even back then, you never referred to it as working for WWE or working for Vince. You always called it working for New York, okay. right? And then if you're working for WCW, you're working for Atlanta. Mm. So by calling it working, you know, so they have the big scout from New York. So you're just presuming that this guy is coming from WWE without yeah. calling it WWE. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I find this is this is this is my nitpick about the show. And I'll just say it's a fine drama. I think probably you could watch it with your girlfriend, your wife, and, and have a good time watching it. Um, but I would be way more interested in what's going on in the city. Yeah. Like, I would like to see the guy uh, in the first episode, he, you know, he's getting, he, he might be getting the call up or whatever from, uh, from the city. I would like to see him go and see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. You know, I would like to see that story. Well, what we're finding, and we find this in, in the real world too, right, is just like, it's to the point now in in this day and age, it's more interesting what's really happening versus what's scripted happening. Uh-huh. The real stuff usually gets people compelled. Um, but I know I, I see exactly what you're saying. There might be a little bit more appeal to that. There was almost a show that The Rock got greenlit uh, that was going to go back into uh, the 70s territory days. You oh, know, yeah. just like territory wrestling. And I don't remember if it's going to be in New York or out of California, but what it was like was, dude, I mean, wrestling back in those days, that was mafia. That was like mafia mentality. Yeah. It was run like the mob. I mean, 
it's pretty well known that in Japan too, it's basically run Yakuza run, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was run like that. I don't know if that's true anymore, uh-huh. but so it would, there would be some interesting to get really into some of the deeper cuts like this, but you're absolutely right. You can sit down and watch this with somebody who's not even a wrestling fan. Yeah. Or no has any idea of wrestling, and you'll enjoy the show. Well, I I would like to see like some of the stories you've told me in the past play out the 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 living on the road stories and how you're surviving and how you're feeding yourself and how you're just maintaining to to pursue this you know pursue this thing you want to do. Yeah, that just seems really interesting to me. I think setting it out in the country was a call. Um, I suppose, you know, it's got a certain appeal to it, but I just, I would have rather seen a more urban set story. Yeah. No, I agree. But yeah. And they, again, they only, like I said, it it wasn't even clear that he had another job, I think until late in the first episode when he, you know, he went to sell his lawnmower jobs and that one, that one hit home for me for sure. Cause Uh I mean, I remember wrestling, you know, Sunday nights in the Valley and then driving all night long home to Houston, and I'd get dropped off at a gas station right at 6 a.m., so I'd sleep all night in the car. Uh-huh. And then the guy who I worked with, because I had a job at that time filling vending machines mm-hmm. you know, with like Doritos and snacks and stuff, and he would literally meet me there. And then like I'd sleep in the car all night when someone drove, and then I'd go right to work with my gear bag. Uh-huh. And they made fun of me one time because I didn't even have time to shower or change, so when I got out of the car... I was in, you know, my my leather coat, <laughs> my leather uh, trench coat, and my bandana, and my <laughs> singlet, and they're like, but I still had like regular shoes on, and they're like, what the hell are you? <laughs> what are you wearing? I was like, I was just gonna change in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that one is definitely uh, very appealing. That that one hit home. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. If you love this, you're gonna do other jobs until you can make money enough money to survive on your own yeah and this was back when there was no online there was no instagram there was no internet like i feel like you know the crew these days they can make a side hustle they can sell their own gear like if you made shirts the only time you were going to sell and make gimmick money is when you went to a show yeah and you just sell it out of your trunk it's 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 a beautiful time for that and yeah. matt cardona is proving all the time, how much you can do with it. You know, they, they said he sold his ring gear from that death match and, oh, wow. and made more money than he made on the match. Wow. That does see yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, and he can do that at any time. He doesn't have to wait during a show because it was a big deal when the guys would buy a Polaroid camera because during intermission, I'm gonna go out there and make some money off Polaroids. So I'm gonna take a Polaroid with someone and I'm gonna sell it to them. Yeah. yeah. For just like so I mean you can make you can hustle now and make some money yeah where you couldn't back then it was a little tougher so that kind of relates that you know being in the small town they maybe they didn't have that same hustle mentality so because it's weird it's a it feels a little it's current you know it's current time but then they have some throwback ideas in it where i feel like they kind of should mix it because one minute they're you know I can't afford to be a wrestler in another minute. They're watching their, you know, somebody else's matches on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Or it's just like, people are like, why aren't your matches on YouTube? It's just like, I can show you some of my older stuff. Do you have a VCR? You know, it's just like, <laughs> I need to plug this video camera. Yeah, into yeah exactly. TV. It's just like, I didn't even take the time to rip it to a DVD, much less digital. So a lot of it is going to just die on tape. 
you yeah. know, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, and um, I guess I don't quite. What do they do? They have a YouTube channel, right? The uh, the what is it called? What's the wrestling organization called in the show? Oh, it is called the Duffy. You know, that's the family Duffy Wrestling. D, yeah, D W L and the yeah. Duffy Wrestling League. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they have a YouTube page, but it just it just seems I don't know. It seems weird and disconnected, given all the all the all the things at your fingertips to connect digitally with the world. If you're putting on the wrestling show, yeah. So uh, again, yeah, I feel like they got a foot in both both generations. Yeah. So again, but. I don't by by all means tune into the show and just watch it because anything that can get wrestling mainstream is going to be good good for the business as a whole. Yeah. So just tune in, but it's just like maybe just temper temper your expectations and just go in there and just kind of enjoy it for what it is. I would say if you and your significant other are looking for something to watch and they're not super wrestling fans, but they don't mind it that much. Yeah, that's they exactly could probably it. get into it, you know. Right. But this don't, is your, yeah, don't watch this after Raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is definitely your date night meet in the middle show. Just yeah. like, well, you like wrestling. Well, you like family dramas. We got heels for you. Let's check it out. It's only six episodes. Yeah. 